Roethlisberger, the quarterback, was all, hug it, chug it, football! All night! Hearts are pounding in Denver. Nobody but Terrell here. Davis, it is a rocking standing up! Denver is in the lead! Denver's gonna win it! Oh, baby, they're gonna win this thing! Probably the final play of the game. It is caught by Dyson. Can he get in? No, he cannot! And the Rams have won the Super Bowl! There's one thing I want to say here tonight. It's only four words. This one's for John. We appreciate you joining us on Name Change Pending today. Make sure and jump on Twitter. Follow your hosts, Brian Priest, at BPriest24, Tommy Jerome, at Ruthless underscore Lupe, and Josh Keel, at Rise and Shout. Also, we know that you're busy, but if you could take two minutes out of your day and give us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice, that would be so amazing. Help us move up those algorithms. I don't totally understand how they work, but I know with some five-star ratings, the podcast shows up higher on the lists. And we want to help other people find the show, don't we? Doesn't really matter what you say for us. Maybe suggest some new verses for Ruthless Lupe. But thanks again for joining us, and stay tuned for more episodes of Name Change Pending. Welcome into Broncos Defense Gets the Shutout, name change pending. This is your host, Brian Priest. You can find me on Twitter at bpriest24. You can also find the show on Facebook. Just search for name change pending and on Instagram at name change pending24. Today we're going to be talking about the Broncos game yesterday against the Tennessee Titans. Broncos came out and won that game against the Titans 16 to nothing. It was their first shutout since beating the Jets 23 to nothing in 2017. So I'll go through a few numbers like we normally do. We'll talk about the defense, the offense, a little bit about special teams, and then we will summarize everything and talk about this week's upcoming matchup. So this, I mentioned the Broncos won 16 to nothing. This marks the first time that Denver has had seven sacks and three interceptions in a game since September 16th of 1984. So I'm 35 years old. That date is two days before I was born. Uh, kind of interesting. Seven sacks, three interceptions. After what the defense did the first few weeks of the year or didn't do would be more apt to say. It's, it's exciting to watch this team come together on the defensive side of the ball. The uh, seven sacks and three interceptions also happened three times in the 70s, twice in the 60s. So only the sixth time in franchise history that the Broncos have gotten seven sacks and three interceptions in one game. So the defense, led by Alexander Johnson, he was starting only his second game of his NFL career. Johnson led the team with nine tackles, had two quarterback hits, one and a half sacks, and a tackle for a loss. Alexander Johnson's come into the lineup playing excellent in coverage as well for the Broncos, who've been desperate for improved production at that inside linebacker position after a hamstring injury to Josie Jewell, and Todd Davis was limited early in the year because of a calf injury. Jewel missed last week. That gave Alexander his opportunity, and he he hadn't played a single snap prior to that. As for Josie Jewel, Jewel missed this week. He was healthy, but didn't play at all. And uh, struggling cornerback Isaac Yadam also didn't see the field this week, despite Duke Dawson being ruled out for the game because of a foot injury. So the Titans were held to 204 yards of total offense against the Broncos this week, only 165 yards passing between starter Marcus Mariota, and then Mariota was replaced by Ryan Tannehill. So they combined for 165 yards, and then the Titans got 39 yards rushing. So, I I mean, really, those numbers speaks to an incredible effort by the Broncos' defense. 
The Broncos had seven sacks in the game, as I mentioned, two for Derek Wolf, two for Demarcus Walker. I'll talk about him a little bit later. Mentioned Alexander Johnson's one and a half sacks. Shelby Harris also had a sack, and then Von Miller got half of a sack. Miller's been contained a little bit more since Bradley Chubb went down with an ACL injury because... And frankly, the offenses are throwing everything they have at Von Miller to try and block him. They're chipping him. They're double-teaming him. They're getting a tight end out. They're doing a lot of stuff to slow Von Miller down. It's good to see the rest of the defense step up in his, not absence, but while while he's being contained here. So after uh, the Broncos got zero sacks through three weeks and zero turnovers through four weeks, they now have 12 sacks in the last three games and six forced turnovers in the past two games. So they were plus three in the turnover battle during that time. Uh, I think a big part of this defensive shift has come from head coach Vic Fangio. He made a change. He benched Adam Gotsis in favor of Mike Purcell. And that's been over the last two weeks. Purcell got his first start against the Chargers last week, and Gotsis has been on the Broncos' inactive list those two weeks. And that move's paid immediate dividends for the Broncos. They've allowed 74 yards rushing combined in the last two weeks between the Chargers and Titans game. And this week, this this comes after they had allowed 597 yards rushing in the first four games of the year. That includes 225 yards to Leonard Fournette in week four. So it was a rough first month for the Broncos defense, but they've really come together and they're gelling at the right time. Mike Purcell has come in. He's consistently blowing up the offensive line and ruining their blocking schemes. It allows guys like Todd Davis, and I mentioned Alexander Johnson a few times, to really flow to the ball, pursue, and tackle from the inside linebacker position. That's been somewhere the Broncos have struggled recently, and with Purcell in the middle of that line, it's really helped out. And Demarcus Walker, I talked about him getting two sacks yesterday. He struggled in his first two seasons playing out of position. Vance Joseph had him playing at linebacker, but Vic Fangio's moving him back to the defensive end position, his more natural position, and he's really flourished this season. In his first two years of his career, Walker had two sacks and 11 total tackles, and he's already surpassed both of those numbers this year with three sacks and 12 tackles. It's great to see DeMarcus Walker contributing. He's a second-round pick out of Florida State that the Broncos had high hopes for, and it looks like he might be fulfilling some of those expectations that they had when he was originally drafted. Last guy I want to mention on the defense is safety Kareem Jackson. Jackson... Only had one tackle yesterday, didn't put up big numbers, but his leadership on the back end of that defense as a safety and decision-making from that position have been instrumental in this defensive turnaround that the Broncos have had these last two weeks. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about the Broncos' offense. Thank you for listening to this episode of Name Change Pending. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Name Change Pending and subscribe to get the newest episodes of the podcast and to check out photos of hosts Josh Keel, Tommy Jerome, and Brian Priest as we travel the continent to do what we love, watch sports. Also, I know you've got a lot going on today, but if you could take two minutes out of your busy schedule to give the podcast a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice, we would greatly appreciate it. Those algorithms can be tricky, and all I know is that five-star ratings jump us up the lists. So thanks for tuning in, and now back to the show. Now let's look at the Broncos' offense. First note, Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver for the Broncos. He didn't play in the second half yesterday. It was announced that he re-aggravated a knee injury that he's been dealing with this year. Um, That knee injury also held him out of practice Wednesday and Friday, so it's nothing new for Emmanuel Sanders. Based on what I was reading this morning, it's not something that the team is expecting to be a serious issue. It might be something he deals with for the rest of the year. 
but he he didn't hurt it any worse. He's not necessarily expected to miss this week's game against the Chiefs, but they it is a Thursday night game, so you never know for sure. Uh, talk about offensive tackle Garrett Bowles. I was I was really down on Bowles the first two or three weeks of the year. I talked a lot about him, his holding penalties, his inability to block effectively in the past game. He's always been a decent run blocker, but was really struggling to protect Joe Flacco's backside. But it's this another strong game for Garrett Bowles. This is four weeks in a row. According to PFF, going into week six, he's he was rated as the fourth best tackle in the NFL. And he continues to have no holding penalties since week two against the Bears. It's it's wonderful to, to see the Broncos invested a first-round pick in Bowles out of the University of Utah. And it's great to see him living up to that potential as well. Been a lot of talk about John Elway's drafting and um, not necessarily bringing in a lot of guys that have been productive for this team. But maybe two of those players are turning it around in Garrett Bowles and Demarcus Walker. Looking at running back Philip Lindsay, he had a pretty good game. He scored a touchdown for the Broncos, the only touchdown of the game. He also had 70 yards on 15 carries. And then Lindsay caught two passes for five yards as well. Wide receiver Cortland Sutton had four catches for 76 yards, a long of 41 yards. Um, you know, Sutton looks good. He, he's definitely made a lot of strides since last year. I think he could play better if he was getting better quarterback play, but we'll get to Joe Flacco here in a minute. Touch on uh, first-round pick tight end Noah Fant a little bit as well. Fant is still struggling to find his footing here in the NFL. He he getting a lot of playing time for the Broncos, but hasn't shown a lot of productivity. Has one touchdown catch on the year. He had two catches yesterday against the Titans for 16 yards. And then the uh, one interception of the day by Joe Flacco, it looked to me like it was some sort of miscommunication between Flacco and Fant. Flacco's pass hit Flant in the, the hit Fant in the back and ended up in the hands of Titans safety Kevin Byard. That was Flacco's only interception of the day. And it just looked like they, they weren't on the same page with that play. And in general, it seems like Fant is struggling in the, the blocking game as well as running pass patterns and consistently being a weapon for this team. Look at Joe Flacco a little bit now. I I love that the Broncos have won two consecutive games, but I really think it's in spite of Joe Flacco's productivity. Um, he, he's looked better recently, that, you know, a lot better than he did in the first month of the season. He's been getting the ball out quicker. I think offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello has made some adjustments as far as running the ball a little bit more and running – more timing patterns. I've talked about that, something that the Broncos needed to do because their offensive line has struggled to block consistently this year. Uh, Flacco still can't get any big plays for the Broncos. He had one downfield pass to Cortland Sutton, who now has, I believe, six catches over 25 yards on the season, which is great to see, but that's about it as far as downfield production for this team. Flacco yesterday was 18 of 28 for 177 yards. Zero touchdown passes, and he only averaged 6.3 yards per pass attempt. And in the NFL, I've talked about it before, a league that all the rules are geared toward offensive production to only average 6.3 yards and not be able to get anything down the field. It's frustrating to watch. It's great that the Broncos won 16 to nothing, but in almost every against almost every team in the NFL, if you only score 16 points, you're going to lose more often than not. The Broncos' highest scoring game so far this year was a 24-point 
scoring outburst against the Jaguars, a game which they still lost. And 24 points is okay, but the fact that that's the highest scoring output in six games gives me concerns about this offense. Flacco ranks in the bottom third of completion percentage in the league, completing only 66% of his passes. He's also 21st in yards per game with 239 yards per game. And he he continues to turn the ball over too much. He's thrown five interceptions. I talk about the interception on the pass to Noah Fant today. I'm not putting that 100% on Joe Flacco, but still five interceptions, two fumbles lost through six games. So he's averaging more than a turnover per game on this season. I mean, not trying to throw salt on the Broncos two wins. Just if you want to keep winning and we want this team to be a playoff contender, Flacco has to play better. Rookie quarterback Drew Locke is able to return from the injured list this week. I expect him to return to practice at least and start getting those reps. And if Flacco struggles or if the Broncos fall off at all, I can see Drew Locke getting some starts to close out this season for the Broncos. In summary for the Broncos this week, the defense has been carrying this team. I, I talked about it a lot. We we gave the defense significantly more time than we talked about the offense because that's where the team is winning games. I love seeing the activity on this defense, the pressure that they've been able to get on quarterbacks. The secondary is doing a great job knocking down passes. Uh, I should have looked up the stat for how many passes the Broncos knocked down yesterday, but I'd say their their defensive backs got their hands on. I mean, along with the three interceptions, they probably knocked down at least half a dozen Titans passes. That had a lot to do with Marcus Mariota. was very inconsistent yesterday, 6 of 18 passing and he was just off target all day but the Broncos defensive backs were there with everyone Demetrius Harris looked really good for the Broncos a guy they picked up late in training camp from the Cincinnati Bengals Duke Dawson didn't play in the game I mentioned that didn't have Isaac Yadam either but with a kind of piece together secondary the Broncos were still able to look really good and and play some tough defense against the Titans offense the presence of Alexander Johnson and Mike Purcell in the middle of this defense have been huge for the Broncos over these last two victories. I talked about them a lot as well. Purcell just blowing up the offensive line and really giving his linebackers an opportunity to flow to the ball carriers. Alexander Johnson's looked terrific. I had to look him up last week. He saw number 45, but his name was covered up by those dreadlocks. And now it I, seems like I see him involved in every play on the defensive side of the ball for the Broncos, and I love it. I got some high hopes for him. Todd Davis also looking good. And with Johnson and Purcell coming into the lineup for the Broncos, it gives them a little bit more depth, I think, as well. So the question I have is, can the Broncos continue to win in spite of Joe Flacco? I mean, in twenty the 2015 season, the 2016 Super Bowl, they won in spite of Peyton Manning, I think, Broncos fans, if they take an honest look at it, that team was led by the defense 100%, and Peyton Manning wasn't good at all. He um, he played well enough in the playoffs. He could manage games, but he, he wasn't a good quarterback. So the defense was able to win a Super Bowl that year. Is the, this defense as good as that defense was? I'm not going to say that right now, but with the progress they've made over the last two weeks, there's a lot of potential with this team. So next up for the Broncos, they're going to be playing the Chiefs, the dreaded Thursday night football matchup. The NFL talks about player safety, but they have these Thursday night football games every week. And it's just, it's a ruse for the NFL when they talk about safety. But I mean, here we are. So the Chiefs have lost lost two straight games. Pat Mahomes has struggled after aggravating a left ankle injury. 
But I, I expect him still to play Thursday night. He might be a little bit limited. Chiefs lost to the Texans this weekend, 31-24, and they, they lost to the Colts in the week before. For the Broncos, a little injury news. Uh, it sounds like right tackle Jawan James. He was a guy they signed from the Miami Dolphins this offseason. He practiced most of last week and ended up not playing in this week's game, but I I think he's going to be available this week. So Broncos might be able to get Elijah Wilkinson off the field or possibly slide Wilkinson over to the uh, right guard position where Ron Leary has struggled, and then they can get Jawan James back in the starting lineup, see if they can improve the offensive line as far as pass blocking goes. But I'm excited to watch this Broncos team going forward. If you asked me, Three weeks ago, I, I I didn't have very high hopes at all. I, I really didn't, and I'm still being realistic about it. I don't think this is a playoff team right now, but this defense is showing some potential, and the NFL shows us over and over and over again that a dominant group on the offensive side or defensive side can carry a team into the playoffs. So hopefully that'll happen for our Denver Broncos. But this is going to wrap us up for week six of Name Change Pending. Thanks for tuning in.